And today's message, um, the title of it is called, It is Finished. Now, Jesus stated this on the cross. He said, it is finished. And that alone is powerful when he said that. But I want to do a little recap because what we spoke about last week ties into what I'm going to talk about today because it's all connected. Last week we spoke in Zechariah chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And what is powerful about that, and I will touch about a little bit about this later. It talks, rejoice greatly, shout, because your king is coming and you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and shall become my people. Those are words, as I said, prophesied by the, the prophet uh, Zechariah, by the Holy Spirit. And then I touched on last week in Luke 19 and John 12, where these events that were unfolding were already written and spoken about. And, I, I, and it, I, the events identified the king, the lamb, and the heir. Now, before Jesus... The Lamb of God. You got to remember, He was Jesus is the King. He was the Lamb. He was the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Messiah. All these, the High Priest, all these embodied into one. Now, before Jesus, the Lamb of God was sacrificed, then glorified. Last week, Palm Sunday, He made a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And as I said, the Father was allowing the Son, who is King, heir. And the Lamb, to pro, uh, the promise to be on display. John the Baptist, the Levitical priest, already signed off on the Lamb. When he baptized him and he identified, this is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. A few years later, the Son of God, who is the Lamb of God, who is the Christ, the Messiah, the Father is showing him openly because this, the prophet Zechariah, and in other parts of the Old Testament, they prophesied of this King, this Christ, this Messiah. So the Father is making, displaying Him openly, fulfilling what He had already spoken through the prophets. God, all, whatever God does, is fulfilling something He has already spoken. So this King was prophesied, and this time, when He made His appearance into Jerusalem, was being revealed. There's nothing that's happening in the world right now that the Father, through the prophets and the apostles, hasn't spoken about. Very important. There's nothing new under the sun. There is nothing that's going to go out of what God has already spoken. So when we say, oh, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Believe it. It's already been spoken about. Okay, so we are, that's why the series I'm doing on prepare yourself. We have to be at peace. And sometimes every day there's something more crazy than the other happening. And we, we're like, I can't, be, how many times do you, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah, believe it. So, the disciples who were the closest to Jesus at the time, you've got to remember, there's chronologically, there were things taking place. And the Bible says, in the last days, God sent His Son. So 2,000 plus years ago, when Jesus came as a, as a baby, those were the beginning of the last days. In the last days, at the appointed time, God sent His Son. 30 years later, He came on the scene. The Levitical priest identified and said, this is the Lamb of God who is going to take away the sins of the world. Three years later, now, the King, the Messiah, 
who has done so far has been doing the will of the Father is being revealed he is setting in motion the Father's plan and will because the Father by the Spirit is showing him what he needs to do and when he needs to do it so when he went when he told him to go get the donkey and bring the donkey he was saying it is time for me to be revealed it is time for me to go and do the Passover it is time for me to make I have an appointment to lay down my life and I have an appointment on the third day he's going to raise me up everything is happening so as the time goes Every day, every year, every month, every as time goes, it is fulfilling what was prophesied. And we look around and people think, oh, this will last forever. No, it's not going to last forever. What was happening? The Holy Spirit revealed to the disciples, even though they were with Jesus, they did not recognize the signs of the times. So the Holy Spirit, after Jesus ascended and was glorified, and the Holy Spirit infilled them. Then they remembered. And also Jesus, when he resurrected, he came and he appeared to them and he said, this is what I've been telling you. The Son of Man has to be delivered. And then on the third day he would arise. (laughs) Then they're like, oh, yeah, you did say that. It was a shock to them that he was killed. Because Palm Sunday, everybody's praising him. And less than a week later, he was dead. So the disciples were fulfilling scriptures and didn't realize it. And in Acts 1, we spoke about last week, the angels declared that Jesus is going to return. The same way he made a triumphant entry into Jerusalem, the same way he went up, he said he's going to come back in like manner. And in Revelation 1-7, we said, Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Every eye means every eye. Living and dead. They said, well, how do I know that? Because they say, even they who pierced him will see him when, he's re- when he returns. So the living and the dead will see him. So we celebrated the king as he made his, the Messiah, the chosen lamb, who was on public display. He made his entry into Jerusalem. He was the one that they had seen who did great miracles. But he was raised from the dead after he laid his life down. He was raised from the dead as promised in in Luke 9.22. But what I want to talk about, why is it important and to keep in our forefront, not only today, but this past week. Whatever the Lord does, it is to keep His word. There is a purpose to everything God does. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, chapter 8 first, sorry. But I want to look, I want to, to look at this day and this week is like a combination of everything. Why do we celebrate? Why should we celebrate his death and his resurrection? Hebrews 8 verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, if you go back and you look at verse 8, and it says, uh, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Why does he need to make a new covenant? He needs to make a new because the old 
wasn't good enough. The old was dependent on what man can do. The new is going to not going to be dependent on what man can do. The old is, not the new. Because they couldn't keep the old. So he said, a new covenant. What does that new covenant have to do with anything? Zechariah chapter 2. What is in Zechariah chapter 2? Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and shall become my people. What did he say here in verse 10? He said, this is a covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. After what those days mean? After the old is done away with. This is the new covenant I'm going to make. That's in Hebrews 8, 10. After those days, says the Lord. And he says, this is what he's going to accomplish. He's going to put the laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. Now, how does he accomplish this? Well, <clears throat> that's why we are celebrating... We celebrated Good Friday and that's why we are celebrating today. We celebrated because this is how many nations will be joined to the Lord. This is how he's going to keep the prophecy. This is how Zechariah chapter 2 uh, verse 10, how, how that, those scriptures are going to be fulfilled. And also in the other Psalms, Psalm 40, 6, and 6 through 7, Jeremiah 31, 31, 34, you don't have to turn there. And all the other scriptures where talk about the Messiah and what he's going to accomplish. And when Jesus showed up in the temple and he said, and he was reading from the book of Isaiah, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, recovery of sight unto the blind, to set at liberty those who are bruised. And all those scriptures, these are all being fulfilled. That is the, the, the pivotal, powerful part of this week that we just celebrated. All these are coming into fulfillment. Showing by the Spirit how God is going to accomplish having many nations. He said he what he be there will be his people. Because this is a covenant, a promise he made to Abraham. When he said, Abraham, I'll make you the father of many nations. He didn't say the Jewish people. The father of many nations. So this is how it's going to get accomplished. So Jesus was the mediator, the go-between, the reconciler of a new and better covenant. As I said, the old, I just say after those days, after the old is done away with, there is going to be a new. So the old was done away with when Jesus was crucified. The lamb was slain, but then the new was enacted. Glory to God. The new was enacted. I'm going to read, I'm going to give you a summary of Hebrews chapter 9. Because as I was reading Hebrews chapter 9, I'm like, there's a lot of scripture. But we're not going to, we're not going to go there. You can turn there if you want, but we're not. I'm just going to tell you the story. So in Hebrews chapter 9, the word of God states, or says, and I'm summarizing. The covenant God made with the people of Israel, after they were delivered from Egypt, was earthly and symbolic. As I read in Hebrews chapter 8, when he said, those days he will do, he's going to do away with it. And he's going to have a new covenant. He said, in those days, after those days, after I have done away with the old. This is the old he was talking about. The covenant made with the people of Israel after they were delivered from Egypt was earthly and symbolic. There was the sanctuary, which was the first part, the first veil. I believe it's important that we talk about this. 
so we can appreciate what Jesus accomplished. So there was a there was a first there was a the first veil when you entered there when you entered the sanctuary, and there were other there was there were things there symbolic things there, and then be, and in there there was another curtain, and behind that curtain was the holiest of all, the ark of the covenant, the mercy seat, and so forth, which symbolized the, where the presence of God is, which also is a symbol of His throne, glory to God in heaven. Now the priests went into the first part, the sanctuary, just all the priests, the Levitical priests. They went into that first part and performed their service. But only the high priest, the high priest was the only one that was allowed to enter the second veil into the Holy of Holies, in the holy place. And he could only do it once a year. And he could not do it without blood. He had to he could only enter there when he when the blood of the Lamb was shed and that blood he had to he had to go through rituals washing and, and purifying himself and then being sure he sprinkled with the blood any everything was sprinkled with the, with the blood of the lamb but he could only go in there once a year and he had to shed blood sprinkle himself for his sins and the sins of the people before he entered in so this was I said done yearly it was symbolic in that gifts and sacrifices were offered and the high priest had to be concerned about foods and drinks, various washings. He had to do things right because if he didn't, he was a dead man. Mm. But this still did nothing in regard to his conscience. He's going in and doing the rituals, but as far as his conscience was not clear because everything was, was outward, not internal. Mm. So Christ came as high priest. And remember, the, the, on earth, the priest, the high priest came through the tribe of Levi. But God said he's doing away with the old and he's doing something new. This high priest, Jesus, came through the tribe of Judah. Different. Totally different. And he's after the order of Melchizedek. That's a different high priest. There's a different priesthood. That's what we're talking spiritual, not earthly. So Jesus came as high priest. Different from the previous. With a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Because it was not created by man, but God. Listen to this. He entered the most holy place with his own blood. And obtained eternal redemption for all. So Jesus' blood was offered to God. So he was the lamb. He was a high priest. So he entered into the holy place as high priest, but in his own blood. But he was the lamb of God. He was all wrapped up in one. He was without spot, faultless, and because of that, we can come, go before God with a clear conscience. Now listen to this. Jesus died. He laid down his life so that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For the new covenant to go into effect, the mediator had to die and also blood had to be shed. That's why when we celebrate communion, we said, in, in, as in Luke 22 and Matthew 26, six, when Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Shed in my blood, in my blood. The new covenant had to be en enforced with blood, as the old. But the old needed the blood of sheep and goats and bulls. But that blood was not sufficient to do away with the sins of man. It only covered it. It didn't wash it away. So what did God have to do? 
God prepared his own lamb. Do you hear what I'm saying? There was no man, there was no lamb birth. Oh, they looked for a perfect lamb without spot or wrinkle. God made his own lamb. He didn't ask a man for a lamb to sacrifice. He provided his own. And the scriptures talk about that. He said, uh, you, you provide a body. You provide a body for me to inhabit to come. And that body is to be sacrificed. Glory to God. God did it himself. Our high priest laid down his life for our sins. To wash our sins away. For remission. For forgiveness of sins. And then not only that. He got up again. To make sure that the high, as high priest, he entered into the true heavenly, the true holy of holies, in his blood. Oh my God. We have nothing to do with it. Do you know or hear what I'm saying? So when you say we are grateful, we are thankful for all he has done. Because we have nothing to do with it. God prepared his own lamb. His own high priest. And the high, this high priest we are talking about, not only did this lamb die, this lamb got up. And this lamb didn't go into the tabernacle made with hands. He, this lamb went into heaven itself. In the presence of God. With his blood. And then he went and sat down to the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for us. So Christ, as I said, did not enter the holy places made with man's hands. Man has nothing to do with it. But they were copies and types and shadows of what is the true heaven. So he entered heaven itself, not the earthly tabernacle. All that is done away with. He said what? My word will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But he said my word will not. This whole, everything is corrupted. So God has to do away with it. His new heaven and his new earth and his new Jerusalem. Because man has nothing. Man has no part in it. Man can't taint anything God has created. Everything. The temple in, in Jerusalem was created, was made by man. The tabernacle was made by man. The sheep was raised by man. Man had the hand in everything, but all that is being done away with. And when what comes is going to be God Himself. He prepared His own lamb. That's why Jesus could never ever be. Have, 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 been fathered by a human man. Never. He only needed Mary for the body. Because for God to be in time and space, He needs an earthly body. And that came through Mary. But that's the only place man had to pay. Part man played. But then what did He do? God did away with that body. He sacrificed it. That body was buried and he and was raised in a new body. Oh, glory to God. And that new body had nothing to do with man. God has all glory to God. Think about the goodness of God. Anywhere man had his hand in God did away with it. So who the glory belongs to? God. Man can't claim anything. Glory to God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. I don't want this just to be another day. Where we come and, okay, it's Easter Sunday, we did this, that, and we eat and we have fun, and let's move on to the next day. No, man, what Jesus did is powerful. It's powerful. Let me know when you're in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 and 7. Verse 5. Therefore, when he came into the world, who is that? Jesus. The Father said, Jesus came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. 
Gadinu wasn't interested in that. But a body you have prepared for me. That's talk which I just talked about, that Jesus. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. The circumcision is to the heart. Even God had had the men circumcised. God didn't care about that. It was an outward symbol of something he wanted. The circumcision had to be of their heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? The outside stuff, it don't matter to God. You can do stuff, but if your heart's not in it, those things don't matter. You can offer all the blood you want, all the sacrifices you want, but if your heart isn't right, that stuff is useless. It, it doesn't matter to God. So that's why he said, I've got to do away with the old. And I've got to institute the new. Because what? I have, not, this covenant was with the Jews. But I have to bring the whole world. All nations has to be there will become my people. And a mistake I hear people say, we are all children of God. No, we are not all children of God. All the people of, the, of this earth are not children of God. Because as far as I remember what Jesus said, they are, those who serve Satan, they are his children. And those who serve God, God, God is their father. So they are not all children of God. It's only those who trust God and, and who receive Jesus. They are the sons of God. They are the ones entitled to the promise. These are the glory of God. These are the ones who believe when Jesus laid down his life and he was raised from the dead. They receive that. Believe it. Because Jesus said, you got to believe. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I am the Lamb. He is the Lamb of God. That takes away the sins of the world. That's what we, that's what we celebrated on Good Friday. But that Lamb has been resurrected. He's no longer a Lamb. He's a King. He's High Priest. He's heir to all things. Glory to God. What did he say? He said, all things I have received from my Father. All things that the Father has are mine. And all that I have is the Father's. So, glory to God. So, Hebrews chapter 10, 5, 7. Jesus was fulfilling Psalm 46, 7. And Jeremiah 31, 31, 4, 34. You can look at that whenever you have time. I am grateful and thankful for Jesus. For what he said. So, we sang that song, grateful. I am grateful. I am so thankful for what Jesus did. The scope of it, we are still learning. We are still learning the scope of what Jesus accomplished. He did it all for us. God did it all for us. We didn't deserve it. He reconciled, He redeemed us and reconciled us to God. He made a way for us to come to God with a clear conscience in His righteousness and not with religious platitudes. So instead of the high priest going into the holy place in our stead to represent us, we go in now boldly before the throne of grace. The veil has been torn. Because when, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn in the temple. And the veil he's referring to in the natural is his flesh. Because the veil in the natural is our flesh. But once we leave this flesh, we see directly into the, into the spirit realm. We see directly into the throne room of grace. If you're in Christ. Because you can't come before that throne of grace in your own righteousness. You've got to come before the, in the high priest. In the righteousness of the high priest. Glory to God. So when we die as, as saints of God. When Jesus 
descended into hell when he, when, he was, when he died. What did he take from Satan? The keys of death and, he- and the grave. So we no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to fear dying. Because once we, this veil has been done away with, once this flesh has been done away with, we see directly into the throne room of God. When Stephen was being stoned, he looked up into heaven and he saw what? He saw Jesus standing. He was seen into the throne room of God by the Spirit. Because the Spirit was getting ready to leave the body. Glory to God. Do you hear what I'm saying? So while we're on this earth, while we're walking and living this life, glory to God, Lord help us. We need your help, Lord God. It's not easy because we're so used to being, dealing, walking and dealing with this flesh. But once we learn to, that's why, that's why we fast and pray. We have to learn to put the flesh to death so we can be alive to this, in the spirit. I mean, it all ties together. It's so powerful what Jesus has accomplished. So as I said, I'm thankful. I'm so grateful for what he's done. He redeemed us, reconciled us to God. He made a way where there was no way. He shed his blood to enact a new covenant. Listen to me. For a new for covenant, for this covenant to go into effect, the mediator had to die. And he had to shed his blood. So for an heir, for, for, for people to receive an inheritance, the one who has the resources, the, the one who has the, the, the whatever it is that has to be passed along, he has to die. So Jesus, he allowed himself to be crucified because that's the only way the covenant is going to be put into effect. The old is going to be done away with. The new is going to be put into effect. And we can come boldly to the throne, into the holy place. And not only that, we also receive an inheritance. You hear what I'm saying? As I said in Zechariah 2. Through him, Jesus. Because he thought about that day. That day is the day we're talking about today. He did away with the old and now the new when he resurrected. Through him all nations will become one. And those in him are not only the people of God. You hear what I'm saying? We're not only the people of God. We are also children, sons of God, joint heirs with Christ. But you hear what I'm saying? We were enemies with God. Enemies to God. But because of what Jesus did, died and resurrected, seated at the right hand as our high priest, making intercession for us, we receive his, what he has done. And we become what? Heirs of Christ. Heirs of Christ. We, we, we translated from darkness into light. What did we do to deserve it? Absolutely nothing. Not only are we people, as I said, we are sons of God. Mm. Heirs. Mm. So heirs to what? We, you have an inheritance too. He redeemed us. He paid the, the, the debt for sin had to be paid. Mm. And it was paid. That's what he did when he died. Mm. But it's available to whoever wants it. Mm. It's available to whoever wants it. And that's the good news of the gospel. What a privilege, what an honor to go from being an enemy to God to a son. Do you hear what I'm saying? You go from an enemy in one second to a son in the next second. Because of what Jesus accomplished this week and today. As I said, he entered Jerusalem triumphantly. And he will do so again in the fullness of time. There is an appointed time 
and it is fast approaching. So he entered Jerusalem triumphantly, and he will again return in the fullness of time. There's an appointed time, and it is fast approaching, as I said. Whether we are alive or dead, it doesn't matter. We will all see him when he's returning. He will return to dwell in the midst of his people. Listen, when he... Oh my God, there's so much in just that statement. Because when he, he came as a child, grew up, and he dwelled in the midst. He, he, he died resurrected, went to the Father, he's going to come back again to dwell in the midst. But not in the midst of this world anymore. It's going to be a new world. A new Jerusalem. Made up of nations, of all nations. Fulfilling the promise God made to Abraham. And he will be, oh my God, if you go reading about uh, what? We be what? Members of one of another? It all ties together. He, God's plan is to be, it's to be in us. Christ, the chief cornerstone. God, we are living vessels, living stones. God desires to, to dwell in us. And us in Him. That we all are one with Him, with God. Not separate, but one. Oh my God. That's powerful. And we didn't deserve it. That's what Jesus accomplished. So keep in mind, as I said, what Jesus did. And the significance of the time and the day. As He said on the cross, it is finished. It has been fulfilled. As far as what He has to do. So that all nations can be the people of God. That's what he was doing. Fulfilling what the prophets said about him. And now, in the fullness of time, at the end of the age, all of it has been given to us in the word of God. Making known to us what Jesus accomplished and what's to come. He said, I has not seen, air has not heard, or entered into the heart of man what God has in store for them who love. If you think about the, the, the few times that you're in God's presence and the awe and the wonder of when His Spirit washes you, infuses you with Himself. I don't know if you have ever been to a time when you, you just be filled with His glory. There's a love. Sometimes your, 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 your mind wants to explode because the, your, it's, I don't know if you want to call it, call it euphoria or whatever you I don't know what it is, how it works. But there is something that your body is like in a blaze of glory. That's the, no, the only words I could use to describe it. And this body cannot handle the, the power of God. It can't. It cannot. So we have to, it has to be done away with. Because the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. This body can't handle it. What Jesus did is the love of God in action. Because the Bible says in John 3, 16, 17, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. 